There are Sundays when we drive quickly up the hill and with enthusiasm in our steps we enter into the assembly and with joy we contribute our voices to everybody else's and we want our songs to be fast-paced, upbeat, And to just be able to rejoice and celebrate before God, thankful for all that He's done for us. And even with a watching world that sometimes makes us feel like a minority and as if we have weakness because of our views, we sing in defiance. Because we do believe what we believe and it anchors our lives. But then there come Sundays when we just make our way up that hill and we limp. We limp into the assembly. We show our weakness. We don't try to hide it. We don't try to defy it. We just simply reveal our weakness and know that it's only by the grace of God that we're here and, and we feel overwhelmed. There's a psalm in the book of Psalms where the Israelites have been removed from their homeland. Everything they know has been disrupted. They've been taken away from home, and they're living in Babylon now. And their captors look at them and say, Sing us one of your songs from Jerusalem. Sing us one of those songs you sing in the temple. And the psalm says, How can we sing the songs of Zion in a foreign land? It might feel this morning that singing praise is out of place. Our hearts are broken. If you're a visitor, I want you to know that today this church is hurting. We're here, but barely. But we're here. And even the family that hurts the most couldn't imagine being anywhere else right now. You know that psalm that says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. In that psalm, the, the one who writes it is celebrating the fact that he went to God in a time of dire distress, and God rescued him from certain death, from sure death. He, just, he knew he was going to die, but God rescued him. And he writes this psalm of thanks and praise to God for being there for him and rescuing him. She might get away. Nope. Shall we pray? But after his rescue, the psalmist says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And I've heard it talked about so much over the years as, as God values it, God prizes it, God loves it when his servants come to him through death. But that's not what the psalm is saying. The psalm is saying costly 
expensive in the sight of the Lord is one, one of his voices and one of his, his witnesses who did so much in the world to spread the truth about God is silenced. It's not precious in the sense of valuable. It's precious in the sense of expensive. We in the church this day, from one week ago to right now, have lost a voice. We've lost a witness. And our cause and our purpose on this earth has been hurt by what we've experienced this past week. And there's no sense in denying it. There's no sense in trying to cover it up or act like it didn't happen. We are hurting today, and it's okay to say so. It's okay to say so. This is not a funeral. That's two o'clock. But God gives us the privilege of entering his presence and bringing everything with us. Don't pray, let us block out our lives and come in here and live like this doesn't matter. No, bring your life with you. Bring your life with you and reframe it and change it all in light of what we believe. Don't leave it out there and act like it doesn't matter to us. Bring it in here and redeem it. Redeem it. And this morning, that's what we're going to kind of Look at the strong emotions we felt since Thursday morning have been following you around. And if it's your family here, you know it's been a burden on you as you've thought about it and reflected upon it. And we're reminded of a few things even this morning. And I just want to, we know this already. I'm not telling you anything different. You're not learning one thing today, but you might be reminded of something. We're reminded that our life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while. Psalm 39 says this, O Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Lord, remind me of how fickle life is and how thin of ice I'm skating on. Help me to remember that there's an end to all this, and it doesn't just keep going and going and going and going to where there's certain days that don't matter. There's no such thing. Our days are fleeting. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. You know what you are? You are... That's it. You're guaranteed nothing. And you can fool yourself into believing the average lifespan facts of the world. In America, men live to 75 and and ladies live to 78. And you can start assuming that that's going to be true for you. But then you're going to be somebody like Warner Calhoun who eats rabbit food all the time. And he runs three miles a day. And then he has a heart attack and he's in a hospital and his heart surgery bypasses. And he was returned to early service today. You can do whatever you want to and you can follow the great wisdom of man, but your life is still fleeting and it's very fickle. And you're not guaranteed a single solitary thing. Don't you forget it. Don't be paralyzed by it, but don't you forget it. We're reminded that this church is a family. Paul likened it to a living body. And it's like the commands come. Weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And it's a command for a while, but it's not really a command all the time. It becomes a compulsion. No one had to tell me. No one had to tell me to weep this week. No one had to tell me that. Did anybody have to tell you that? As soon as you heard what happened to your family member, weeping happens. That's what happens in family. You don't obey a command. It's what happens. My hand is pretty far from my foot. I don't know how long it takes a message to get from one to the other. It's not very long. I can tell you from experience, you're walking across your living room floor, 
and your toe, that big toe, hits that chair just right, jams it real good. Ouch, you hurt. Your mouth speaks, gives voice to what your toe's experiencing, and your hand starts making that journey down to that foot immediately. Whoop, just like that. In a matter of seconds. Now, the foot travels too, but not near as fast as the hand. That's what the body does. You hear the news, and everybody Thursday was like, this must be a typo. I know. We are family, and you're reminded of that. The greater the closeness, the greater the pain. And David, it's killing me today. I know it's killing you. We're reminded that death is our enemy. A fact of life, it's an appointment we will all have to make. It's a punishment for sin, and we all sin. We're all going to face it. But Jesus came to let us know it's not going to have the last say, so that Paul was, enabled to, was able to emphatically say, Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Where, O oh, grave, is your victory? It's been robbed. You've been robbed, death, and yet it can still raise its ugly head and still has some power over us. And Jesus knows it. In the reading we had just a moment ago from John chapter 11, what's so fascinating to me is a couple of things you could easily forget about this passage. Mary is emotionally distraught. Jesus sees it. Jesus already knows what he's going to do. He waited intentionally to let Lazarus die because he knew he was going to raise him. So he's not, he's not lamenting over Lazarus. He's going to see him in a few minutes. And he could walk through this story as a heroic being, as a person who just calmly walks into this and calls forth Lazarus' name, and he comes back out of the grave. There's no need for anything in between there. He knows what he's going to do. Now go do it. But he doesn't. There's a pause in here. And I think Jesus is shocked himself. I think he's never seen someone with loved ones like this facing the death of a loved one like this. He is shocked at the power that death still has a hold over the people he loves so dearly. And he looks at Mary, and it says, after he looked at Mary and he saw everybody mourning around him, he was moved and troubled. The word is like the snorting of a horse that's hauling a big burden. <laughs> Just like this. And he's just, he's just so overcome by this emotion. And he's feeling, this is not some little tear dropping out of his eye, gently sitting by a rock. This is Jesus moved beyond tears and grunting and groaning in his sorrow. If you've never done this before, you're going to have to imagine it. But if you're like me and you've done this before, you're remembering something. The Jews around him say, look at how he loved him. That's not what he's crying over. It, look at how he loves them. The ones he's seeing being strangled by the hold of death and the fear that's in their souls because of the separation they feel. And Jesus looks around and he's so moved. He weeps and groans. Y'all, death is a part of life and we have to get used to it, but don't you ever make peace with it. And don't you ever think it's, well, it's okay, it's just the way it is. It is our enemy and it's okay to hate it with every fiber of your being. It's okay to hate it. It is not how it's supposed to be. I'm reminded, too, that doctrine does matter. And I know that doctrine can get cold and academic and distant. And I know that two weeks ago it was Easter, and we talked about resurrection, and we just talked about all the things that resurrection does, and we all said, yeah, that's good, and thank you very much. We went out and hide our Easter eggs and eat lunch with the family and have those hard-boiled eggs and all that deviled eggs, and you had your stuff, and you, it didn't. But I'm going to tell you something today. 
I'm clinging to resurrection today. It's not some doctrine. It's something I believe. Do you believe it, church? We are going to raise from the dead. He's not going to say, Lazarus, come forth. He's going to say your name, and you're going to come forth. And we need resurrection today. I was telling David in the ER, I said, man, what you need, I can't give you. What you need is a resurrection, and we all do, and you're going to have it one of these days. In the meantime, other doctrines matter. The doctrine of reconciliation with God the doctrine of repentance and the doctrine of baptism that we can sometimes fuss and argue with each other over the nuances of all these things when this moment arises those doctrines you hang on to and you trust and you know doctrine matters and I we're also reminded that lament has a place in the psalm books of Israel there's this thing called psalms and these psalms are largely laments their cries out to God. It's not from God the man like most of, most of Scripture is. Psalms is God, a man crying out to God and God giving us words when we don't know what we're feeling, we don't know how to express them. And one of the most common ones is lament, where we weep. You see, most people will gauge a worship service by how upbeat it is and how good it makes me feel and kind of peps me up. But there are occasions like today when it's okay before God to simply say, I don't want a peppy song. I want to lament. I want us to be able to express the depth of emotion that's real. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to fake it today. Today the world's going to know we are a church that's hurting, but we are surviving. We are surviving by faith, hanging on by a claw. And these laments do this. They start out with a, a concern, a, a dire concern of the person who's addressing God, and then it goes into a remembrance of what God's done in the past, and it goes through future language, language where you know God's going to come through for me again. I don't feel it right now. I'm in the midst of pain right now, but what I know is God will come through, and at the, under, end of, at the other end of it comes the praise. This morning what we're going to do is have a season of lament. There's going to be nobody up front. Matthew's going to lead from where he's at. The song that we're going to sing, the verses of the songs that we're going to sing are all on the screen and there's no pause in between them. You're going to hear it. You're going to see it. You're going to see us start with God. I don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We don't know how we're feeling. We're going to come through and we're going to remember what God's done for us and we're going to come out of this remembering that there's a future still ahead, a future that we cling to in the present. I want you to join me in lamenting. Let's lament before God. Be with me, Lord. I cannot live without Thee. I dare not try to take one step alone. I cannot bear the loads of life unaided. I need thy strength to lean myself upon. Be with me, Lord, and then if dangers threaten, if storms of trial burst above my head, 
If flashing seas leap everywhere about me, they cannot harm or make my heart afraid. Nearer, still nearer, close to thy heart. Draw me, my Savior, so precious thou art. Fold me, oh, fold me close to thy breast. Shelter me, safe in that haven of rest. Shelter me safe in that haven of rest. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, and Lord haste the day when the faith shall be sighed. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. 
Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on a road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. 
when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Well, we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the tolls of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. One last reminder of the experience of this past week is this. Today is the only day you have to make the decisions of your life. Hebrews says, today is the day of salvation. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. On a day when Jesus was reading the news and it talked about a tower that fell on 18 people, a sudden disaster that ended the lives of several people quickly in an instant, the people that he was around started debating, were they more sinful than anybody else? And Jesus says, no, that's not what this is about. You need to realize your life is going to end like that sometime. It may be a prolonged illness, or it may happen for you as suddenly as it did when the tower fell. But you need to make sure that you use this time to reflect on your own life, and if there are decisions that need to be made and changes that you need to embark upon for your life, the only day you have for that decision is today. You can't make decisions in the past, that's over. You can't go into the future because you don't know that's yours. You have this moment, and the most grateful thing I can think about about our sister from last week to now is I know that she lived ready and because of that she died ready it's a sudden pain gonna take half a day off and shortly after that she was gone last Sunday she was here last Wednesday night she was in class and today we're having her funeral it could happen to you by next week, and the question comes, and I'm not exploiting this. I'm not exploiting this to appeal to your emotions. I'm telling you what Jesus told us in Luke 13. Use this as a moment to reflect on your life, and you might say, you know what? If that happened to me, hallelujah, I'm ready. Praise the Lord, then live like it. But if you aren't, if you aren't, get ready, and the only preparation you can make is the moment you have right now. And the greatest way you can prepare is to take inventory of your life this instant and this moment that has been designed for you for this. Do you need to make some changes? 
Are there some decisions you've, ne- you've put off that you need to make right now? Are there some repenting? Is there some repenting you need to do? Some confessing you need to do? Whatever is between you and meeting the Lord face to face, this is the moment you can do something about it. And don't try to meet God one day and say, I didn't have the time. You have right now, and that's all anybody ever has. It could happen to you. It could be that sudden. If it did, are you ready? Jesus says, think about that. You have this moment. You're guaranteed nothing else. If you need to respond this morning, not because of the lesson you've heard, but because of the experience we had this week, if that's motivating you to get some things right, we'd love to meet with you right now as we stand and sing to encourage you.